My Heart Found a Home by Ramona Alt on the Lady Brain Podcast. Welcome to the show. My name is Catherine Beeks. In studio with me, I have Ramona Alt. Hello there. And Lizzie Wan. Hello. Hi, ladies. Hi. Lady Brains. So, Ramona, (laughs) this is from Second Delivery, a band I didn't even know about. Yes. One of your uh, bands from years past. Um, Yes, I think it was... Okay, so 11 or 12 years ago, I went to a dog park in Carlsbad, and there was a guy sitting playing guitar. Turned out to be uh, R.J. Flood, and uh, some people know him, he's a guitar player. And I said, can I play? And I played in Babysitter Blues. Nice. And he said, you want to be in my band? Nice. <laughs> and but anyway, he gave me a ticket to the Del Mar Fair uh, Bluegrass Day, and I went and, and got involved in the band Scramble, and some people literally did come up and say, can you be? Will you be in our band? And that, that was, so that ended up being this group. fantastic. So that um, off of the Acoustic Express CD yes. by Second Delivery. So cool! I'm learning so much about <laughs> you, my lunch lady sister, uh, Lizzie Wan. You Hello. you have been invited today because you have a pretty exciting thing coming up. I do. Tell us about it. Okay. So I'm publishing a collection of poetry on Puna Press. Um, which is really exciting. It's run by Ted Washington. Who, What's up, Ted? Who many people may know. Um, he's a poet, writer, producer, um, artist. He also works at the Casbah. Yeah. Um, so it's coming out on April 17th 
at Whistle Stop. We're going to have a big show, and I'm really excited about it. And also very anxious about it. Oh, are you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's going to be so Oh, my fun. God. It's yeah, exciting. I'm super anxious. I have a hot date with Heather Yams, Yambrovich. Is that how you say her last name? I don't know. I just always called her Heather Yams. <laughs> so anyway, we're definitely going to go. Oh, cool. So you have some live music happening, and then will you be reading as yes, well? Yes, so it's gonna, there's going to be four other poets. So uh, Julie Corrales, Judy Reeves, Sharon Elise, and Robert O'Sullivan, and then myself, and then Lindsay White will play. Nice. Oh, set with her band. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be fun. It's going to be amazing. Now, where is the, where's the whistle stop? In South Park. Okay. It's such a cute place. It's just I can never find parking for that place. Oh, yeah. Parking is It's a is little a thing. tricky there. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but, yeah, it's a really cute place. And yeah. That's gonna and remember, it's night. cash only at the bar. Oh. So bring your cashola. Right. Now, is there a cover? Or, there is no cover. And then you can purchase your book that night? Yes. And how much will that be? $15. That is such a deal, Lizzie. Thank yes. you. <laughs> how many poems are in that thing? Um, There's probably like 70 okay. poems or so. And how long have you been... Writing poetry? Uh, since high school. Yeah. Um, I got serious about it in college. I started college. Little known fact. Here you go. I started college as a math major. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny. But I changed it even before the actual semester started. Yeah. I was in a, a program prior to and switched majors to writing. I was a writing major my whole four years. Nice. And had some amazing teachers, Quincy Troop, Fanny Howe, um, just amazing writers. And then I got into the open mic scene and open reading scene and just kind of went from there. Yeah. Well, let's let's hear one of yours now. You have some that are produced. Yes. So we're going to play uh, one now, My Pleasure. Can you set that up and tell us about it? Um, my Pleasure was written, uh, there's, there's several different stories in it, but... I remember starting to write it one one night when I was in Hollywood picking somebody up and I just it just kind of I just kind of noticed that there were all these people there and I'm like man all these people are here cuz they want to live their dream you know yeah. and so it just kind of started from there yeah yeah all right this is my pleasure by Lizzie Wan on the Lady Brain podcast my pleasure it has been my pleasure to receive love poems not intended for me at least not as the subject matter, but for a careful eye, a critic to help him better define his love for another. It has been my pleasure to be told my company is no longer wanted because I was not the friend that she expected. It has been my pleasure to sleep easily in la cama de mi abuela, where they say she died like a bird. It has been my pleasure to witness Sunset Boulevard at midnight, where there are five dreamers for every one dream with little difference between the revolution and the common tide. It has been my pleasure to suffer the realization that I may be just ordinary. It has been my pleasure to watch every erratic and gentle arrow volley back and forth, drunk on the music between us. Lady, 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 brain. Nothing but trouble right from the start. I was too blind to see. The message was clear, but I couldn't hear that you spelled nothing but trouble for me. 
I thought I could believe in you, I wanted it to be Everything I dreamed of love could be But I fell in and you went into a spin With little hope of recovery We laughed, we kissed, you danced me to the moon It was pure romantic fantasy I got lost in your eyes, but they were telling me lies I saw only what my heart could see Nothing but trouble right from the start I was too blind to see The message was clear, but I couldn't hear That you spelled nothing but trouble for me was Nothing But Trouble by Second Delivery, written by Ramona Alt. Before that, we heard My Pleasure by Lizzie Wan, both of these lovely ladies in studio with me. My name's Catherine Beeks. So, Ramona, tell me about Nothing But Trouble. That's such a great song. Oh, it's just about one of those relationships that you, you know, bend over backward trying to make work and trying to make, thinking things are your fault and, you know, those, rela- those practice relationships. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. Before you get to the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nothing but trouble. 
cool. You uh, don't play with these folks anymore, but are you still in contact Dwight with Dwight is, is still my bass player. Okay. Yes, so he's your current band is uh, Prairie Sky. Yes. And you guys play quite a bit. We do. Yeah. Although you just lost one of your sweet gigs. One of our regular gigs at Urban Solace. Yes, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I heard Solace. about that. I know. Yeah, that a lot sucks. of people are going to miss yeah, that regular bluegrass yeah. venue. But yeah, we will be playing Summergrass uh, Bluegrass Festival in Vista this summer nice. in August, which is a, a big deal uh, around here. We're going to be playing at the Del Mar Fire uh, Del Mar Powerhouse cool. concerts oh, yeah. That's a down great there venue. this summer. Yeah, nice. um, we're playing here at the Heritage Ranch for the uh, Americana That's Day right. in July. Yep. Um, so yeah. Looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, things just kind of start revving up this time of year, you know, yeah. coming out of the hibernation. Yes, yes, yeah. into the spring, and, um, you know, things start popping. Yeah. So you've been playing music for many years. On and off. On and off. Yes. I'm always fascinated by the fact that you owned a club in the heyday of, what, 1970s? Yes. In Huntington Beach? No, it's in Redondo Beach. Redondo Beach. Yes. Tell yeah. me about that experience. We'll go back to, at 13, I took guitar lessons. Okay, <laughs> you know, my mom's like, you got to take something. I took a few guitar lessons. And then I pretty much put it away and forgot about it. Till I was 25 and had gone in together with some friends to create a nightclub. In 1975, it was disco everywhere. Yeah. Disco was, was queen, you know. And th those of us who loved bluegrass and uh, country mm -hmm. and, and blues were kind of left out. And so we, we got, got it together and opened Major a club, scene. Sweetwater Cafe in Redondo Beach, right across from the water. Yeah. And we ended up, um, uh, Vince Gill at 18 came out and saw what we were doing there. And he, he came out to try to make it in you know Hollywood. Yeah. And he saw what we were doing there and he got himself a place and was there just about every night, really, for, wow. for years, he That's was just amazing. one of the guys. They got they had their wedding reception at Sweetwater. <laughs> oh, cool. um, yeah, uh, he, he ended up bringing um, Emmy Lou Harris down there, Rodney Crowell, uh, uh, Willie Nelson. I actually, oh my, I actually smoked with Willie Nelson. You did, nice. yes, I did. Yes, nice. I did. I really wanted to take it and save it, but I just <laughs> had to pass it on. <laughs> <laughs> That's an incredible honor! Wow. Yeah. So that was that club lasted seven years yeah. until the city decided that it, they wanted that property. And, yeah. Yeah. And right we, across we, the water. Yes. Yeah. Hello. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we we knew we couldn't recreate that magic anywhere else, right. so we just kind of let it let it go. We've Great had a couple experience. reunions, which Vince has come back and played for, and the Sweethearts of the Rodeo have come back and played for. Wow. Our, our cool. people that that kind of made it from from our little you know incubator. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's mm -hmm. awesome. I know that you were inspired later to host some shows up here because you attended a house concert that Lizzie Wan was throwing. When I first met <laughs> Lizzie, she was the queen of the house concert scene. Mm -hmm. um, Meeting Grace is what she called them. Yep. That was just so cool, Lizzie. I think you did start that whole movement here. Well, I didn't really, but um, Jimmy Duke has, has been doing it. He had been doing it before I started and is still doing it now. Okay. Wow. Um, and then there was another woman whose name I don't remember who and who I had never met, but she had, she had done some house concerts, but yeah, I started it in 2000, um, in Golden Hill at the Meeting Grace house. Nice. And our first show was Dead Rock West. Wow. Frankly Drennan and Cindy Wasserman yeah. and Gregory Page and Berkeley Hart. Wow. What was our show. first show. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. That's incredible. It was my very first house concert, going to a house concert at, at Lizzie's to see Berkeley Hart. Yeah. 
But we were so impressed. We went home, built a stage, <laughs> you know, for the next five. You know, it took us great. a few years, but for, for five years, we had house concerts in our backyard, yeah. uh, Berkeley Heart. Yeah, I remember going to her house to help her, like, kind of figure out That's so cool. how, how, to do how it, it would work. Right. Yeah, because Berkeley Heart was our first house concert, yeah. and they were always basically the first of the summer season, you know. Love it. Mm-hmm. What a great legacy. It was it was a lot of fun. I love that. And you have been doing some writing as well, Ramona. Yes. In fact, uh, we're going to hear a short story later, but tell mm-hmm. me about that experience. Is that something new? Well, when my mother died if, like four years ago, my sister and I tried to cobble together her story, you know, and we realized... Oh, this is crazy. The kids in the family kind of showed a little bit of interest, and so I started a memoir writing class. And so I've just been pouring my heart out on on the page ever since and and really enjoying uh, the process. That's actually close to my book, because my book is is called The Hospice Bubble and Other Devastating Affirmations, and Mm -hmm. the first section is about taking care of my dad and home hospice. Yes. And so very similar mm-hmm. uh, reactions. You know, you have to get it out somehow, the Absolutely. grief and yes. the, just all the feelings you have. And to me, this was how I did it. Right. It was funny because I said that I was writing uh, my book for the kids, but the first bunch of writing was, was I would never let the kids see yeah. that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, any anger, bitterness, yeah. pain, that that's that all came flooding and out And it's first. real. It's right there. Yeah. You're reading it. It's, yeah. Yeah, I thought I would write a memoir, but, and I started to a little bit, but then I'm like, I'm not good at this. I need to, you know, kind of chunk it up a little Mm -hmm, bit in different mm -hmm. pieces. So Mm -hmm. that's how I did it. As a poet, there are many poets listening. How do you become published? Like, how did that happen? Well, so I I self-published when I first started. Um, I think it was in, I want to say, 95, 96. I self-published my first book um, called Familiars. And, you know, I just got a long stapler and, you know, printed at work. (laughs) (laughs) And put the books together myself. And I did that uh, for three books. Um, I had another book published by a... By a, a reading up in Laguna Beach, Laguna Beach Press. I don't think that's in print anymore. And then, um, you know, a lot of people submit to journals and stuff, and right. I have never been that great at that. I have been published locally, so San Diego Poetry Annual, um, City Works, which is City College's anthology, a year, uh, a year in writing. Is that what it's called? Shoot, I forgot. San Diego Writers Inc. Their anthology. Okay, been in that a few times. Nice. But then this book came about through Ted and Puna Press. Um, last year, I went to another book release of he, I think he does one book a year. Mm-hmm. And so last year, it was this writer, Kimberly Dark. And so I went to her reading at the Whistle Stop. And uh, this other lady who was there, Billy Kay, she was like, oh, he should do your book. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I think she mentioned it to him. And I said, I did not tell her to do that. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, we should do that. So that's awesome. kind of how it it started. The seed was planted. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's so cool. I love it. All right, let's hear another poem, Lizzie. This one's called Phantoms and Flights. Tell me about that. So this one I wrote um, when I was in the house in Golden Hill. For those of you who ever went there, it was a truly magical house. Just a craftsman cottage. Just so, so amazing. It was in the flight path, so you could hear the planes, you know, arriving to Mm -hmm. San Diego. And that was like the only noise in the neighborhood. Everything else was super quiet. Yeah. So I just kind of got to thinking. And then there was this house on, on the corner 
that I could never see anybody <laughs> come in or out of it. But yeah. like I'd see their lights on and, yeah. you know, so it just kind of got me thinking. So that's what this poem is about. Phantoms and Flights My life is strikingly devoid of phantoms. There's a ghost in the house across the street, but she doesn't bother me. I say she because it seems to be a neighborhood of women who live long, who outlive their lovers, who fold sheets by themselves in their living rooms, who sing softly to the shadows and sit barefoot on the porches. She is a quiet ghost, picks up her paper in the mornings, turns off her light at night. She doesn't care to share her ghostliness with any of us. The planes never stop coming down. In the distance, they remind me of thunder. As they near, they change to long, deep moaning, a suffering like the last body-racking sobs of a breakdown. The volume of approach consumes the sky, screams of deliverance, birth, and crossing over in flight. I wait and listen for any phantoms to echo, but none do. She, across the street, remains quiet, as if she has no obligation to answer and doesn't even notice it anymore.
Restless Heart by Ramona Alt. Before that, we heard Phantoms and Flights by Lizzie Wan. That from her brand new book, The Hospice Bubble and Other Devastating Affirmations. A brand new book that's being released April 17th yep. at the Whistle Stop. Uh, Ramona, Restless Heart. Tell me about that song. That is kind of a song to myself Okay. Uh, that I wrote um, before I met my husband. I, and I, it was in one of those places where I was kind of in between you know, this had happened and I was just waiting for the next gear to shift and I, it was a song to myself. Yeah. Uh, oh, restless heart, you know, your dreams, they keep you moving. You know not where or why or how, but still they drive you on, you know. You yeah. just kind of go for the dreams. Absolutely. Love it. Okay, well, let's light some candles and do some reading, you guys, you want to. Sure. Okay, Lizzie, pick one from, from there that has not been recorded yet. Let's okay. do it. So this, um, this is from the hospice bubble section of the book, and it's a fairly new poem, and it's called Lung Point. Lung Point. I discovered a bruise when I pulled my shirt off at bedtime. I was surprised when I saw it by its darkness, shape, location, a narrow horizontal oval on my upper left bicep. I thought back to what could have caused it. I realized I had an acupuncture needle in that spot earlier but it was curious because I've never bruised before. At my next appointment, I explained the bruise. I had already reconciled it as some anomaly, nothing significant. Then my acupuncturist told me that had been a new point she had placed, lung point, also known as grief point. A beat passed. In that space, the mental movie of losing my dad just under three months before flashed through my brain. I never considered that grief could manifest as a marker on my skin, temporary tattoo of my sadness. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you. And I love your cadence. Oh, thanks. I've always admired that when you read. Thank you. I've always, um, you know, coming from the the teachers I, I knew in, in, at UCSD, you know, they were about performance. It, and, and also the written word, but... They really, uh, Quincy Troop especially, he was like, it, people come to see you, they want to see a show. Mm -hmm. I always took that to heart, and so I've always 
thought of that. And that, I think that's maybe why I've befriended so many songwriters and, and musicians and performers, because we kind of understand that a little bit. So I, I always try to make it a good show. So yeah. hopefully that's what you'll see on the 17th. <laughs> I love it. Very cool. Ramona, will you read us a story? Here, I'll give sure. you some more light. Okay, so tell me about this collection you have. This, uh, I started a memoir writing class uh, taught by Nancy Pace Skinner at the Vista Adult School, and this is our first product. Everybody submitted one or two short stories nice. to it, and, and this is mine. Cool. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, I, I will tell you it's about 1980. Okay. Okay. It's called The Dawning. As I sat on the pristine Australian shoreline that had long ago been my mother's homeland, I felt the great distance to my Southern California home. I miss my mother, my sister, my friends, and the life I had left behind there. I stayed for a good while with my toes in the warm sand, soaking in the sound of the waves and watching the seagulls flutter about. The overwhelming nausea and fatigue I'd been plagued with for the last 12 weeks was still punishing me. I knew I was either pregnant or very sick, but the test kept coming back negative for pregnancy. I begged God for some guidance, some clarity, some relief. I was 29 years old, sick and confused, a traveler alone and far from home. Slowly my mind began to settle, and with each deep breath I began to relax into the moment. The soft sand, the gentle breeze, and the salty ocean smell began to dissolve the constant noise in my head. What should I do? I desperately implored. I took another breath and let the question ring. Like the sun slowly peeking over the horizon, the thought of a new life growing in me became real. That idea of loving this child, keeping this baby, dawned on me. I let myself imagine being brave enough to say yes to this possibility in spite of my other options and my less than ideal circumstances. I took another deep breath. Something warm and bright flickered in my belly. It was as if the sleeping embers of love had been ignited. As the spark grew, the nauseous void that had been gnawing at me began to melt away. The warmth nourished every cell in me, bathing me in a radiant glow. It was not so much a courageous step as a surrendering to this undeniable fullness. I felt like a bubble, growing, glowing, lifting up out of the darkness. I had opened my eyes to the possibility of the new life stirring in me. I had listened to my heart's calling. I walked through the door and accepted the new world opening up before me, the wondrous world of motherhood. That's really nice. That's beautiful. And now you're a grandma. Yes. And Ida Jean is amazing. The gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> oh my gosh, those photos of that child. I know. She is truly adorable, and I've written a couple songs for her. Yeah. And where does she live? Boston. Oh, yeah. yeah. But we're going back in May. Yeah, doing a lot of yeah. transcontinental yeah, yeah. traveling right now. That's right. <laughs> really nice. That was beautiful. Yeah. So, what is on the horizon for you, Lizzie? Are you going to go on a big tour? I am. Yay! I'm planning some dates right now. Okay. Um, I have some firmed up. Um, it's in June, uh, San Marcos, Texas, which is outside of Austin. Okay. New Orleans, nice. um, Worcester, Mass, wow, and Rochester, New York. I have so far, so fantastic. Yeah, I'm gonna drive. <laughs> yeah, get out there. How fun! Yeah, and all of our peeps along the way. Yeah, to, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm really oh excited gosh. about that. I love it. 
And um, how can we follow you? Where can we find you online to um, find out all about so this tour? The, well, I don't have any details about the tour up anywhere yet, but um, my publisher has a page on his site for it, for my book, mm -hmm. where you can pre-order it uh, at a discount right nice. now. Oh. Um, it's punapress.com, and then just search for Lizzie Wan, and I'll be there, and the link to the book is there. Awesome. And Ramona, where can we find you on the interwebs? Um, mostly Facebook, um, Prairie Sky Band. Uh, we, we have tons of videos up there, and mm -hmm. any uh, engagements that we have will get listed up there. Right. Yeah. And if folks want an awesome bluegrass band, they can reach out to you guys. Mm -hmm. Highly recommended. You're fabulous. Thank you. Around the around the one mic, like mm -hmm. like it's supposed to be done. Oh, right on. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's Avery Ellisman, Jeff Smith, Dwight Warden, and Ramona Alts. We are Prairie Sky. Yeah, awesome. I know Dwight. Yeah. And he was the one in the other band too, right? Yes, yes. And he was uh, he was uh, mayor of Del Mar last year. And he's Laurel Rolf's dad, right? Yes, he oh, is. Wow. Yes, yeah. All these all <laughs> these <laughs> all connections. Yeah. Go, Dwight. <laughs> we recorded our both my CDs have been recorded with Sean at their, okay. at their house. Okay. Cool. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right, we're going to end with a song. It's actually one of my songs. Oh. But uh, <laughs> Lizzie wrote a poem for it and uh, it's one of my favorite songs of uh, because of that. I actually didn't really love the song very much until you <laughs> added that poetry part. I think, and I think we had both forgotten that we had done it. Totally. Because <laughs> this was like 2006, I think. Yeah. Um, it was on Desert Music, The Ordeal. Uh, Rescue Me is the song. Wait till the end, because that's where it's really good. <laughs> anyway, um, before we play that, big, huge love shout out to Lindsay White and the Lady Brain. Lady Brain. I know, we got to do our jingle. Oh, man. <laughs> LadyBrainPresents.com is where you can find information about what Lady Brain is. If you are a creative, we gotcha. Just check out LadyBrainPresents.com for all the info. We have a couple events coming up that uh, you can find out all the info about that as well. Thanks to our Patreon friends. Unfortunately, we don't have a video for you guys today because all of my SD cards and space is full with calamity videos and all kinds of fun videos that are coming up. But um, we will make sure you get links to everything so these ladies are accessible, easily accessible to you. And thank you for making uh, these podcasts possible. Thank you, Patreon people. Yes, thank you. you. All right, this is Rescue Me by The Ordeal featuring Lizzie Wan on the Lady Brain Podcast. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Nobody else feel this rain It's beating me down, stinging Is it just me? Have I finally gone crazy? Will it get better like everyone tells me? Else is doing something. I'll find my way.
see if I can make it through these hopeless days. I hope it gets better like everyone tells me. Like everybody tells me. was a lady with a brain she had a brain. who believed she could do anything. anything. So she sang and she wrote, she performed and she painted, and then she did it all over again. Oh, all over again. 